Hello, forgiver. In today's episode, I examine how our thoughts, words, and actions in unforgiveness can result in sin that we may not even be aware of committing. I also caution against advice I was given in the early stages of my recovery from sexual abuse. I just want to remind you that this content is not for minors, so please use your discretion when listening. Go ahead and grab a pen, a notebook, and your favorite beverage, and I'll meet you on the other side of the intro. Hello, Forgiver. Welcome to the Forgiveness is for You podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Silva, Forgiveness Guide and Catholic Mindset Coach. I've spent 30 years in therapy for sexual, physical, emotional, and racial trauma, but therapy could only take me so far. I believe that there's freedom in forgiveness, but we cannot do it alone. Do you struggle forgiving yourself or others? Are you ashamed of what happened to you in the past? Do you harbor unforgiveness toward the adults who are supposed to protect you but didn't? Do you resent a whole class of people because you were discriminated against? On this podcast, we talk about all things forgiveness, what it is, what it's not, and how you can begin to forgive yourself, others, and God. Allow me to be your forgiveness guide. Let's begin. Friends, as I've mentioned before, my healing occurs at the intersection of science and faith. In today's episode, I talk about how retelling my sexual abuse stories helped me in one way, but actually prolonged my suffering in another way and, from a faith perspective, caused me to sin. Let me give you some context. I came to the United States in 1990 at the age of 23 as a summer camp counselor with the YMCA International Camp Counselor Program. I met my husband, my soon-to-be husband, the first week of camp, and we started dating a month later. My sexual abuse history came out in full force when we were preparing for our marriage about a year after we met. On top of that, South Africa was in turmoil, and the nightly news was filled with scenes of violence on the streets, including the infamous necklace murders. I won't go into detail about the necklace murders, but if you'd like to learn more about it, you can Google Necklace Murders South Africa 1990s, and you'll be able to see what I'm talking about. Worries about my family and feeling like I betrayed everyone for leaving the political struggle really wreaked havoc on my mind and my body. I spent nights just sitting on the back porch and weeping. I began seeing a therapist in 1991 and started reading everything that I could about healing from childhood sexual abuse And through my school district, I was able to join a support group. What I found really helpful at the time was reading the book, The Courage to Heal by Laura Davis, and some other books like Codependent No More by Melody Beatty. And I, at the time, John Bradshaw was was really big, and I listened to some of his tapes. Back then, it was tapes. (laughs) The prevailing advice in the field of psychology at the time was to tell your story to anyone who would listen, and here's a very important part, not to leave out any details. The premise of this belief was that the person experiencing the trauma needed to be validated in it over time, and the trauma would eventually resolve itself. 
I was told that it would take about five years for me to be healed from all the trauma. I felt encouraged that it would take such a relatively short time compared to the years I spent in South Africa at that time. I just want to state here that I'm not holding my therapist accountable for what was standard practice. My therapist truly helped me with inner child work and the 12 steps of recovery in the three years that I saw her. She was amazing. Me being a a really a high achiever and someone who truly wanted to present myself to my future spouse as a whole woman, of course, followed the advice. And over the next several years, I told my story to anyone who would listen. And there were many people. As a complex trauma sufferer, there was more than one story and more than one perpetrator. There were stories of sexual abuse, domestic violence, and political terror. And when I would tell my stories, my tears would freely flow down my face, and it would feel like I was right back there in the situation. What I didn't realize then was that with each retelling of my stories, I was strengthening the neural networks in my brain that held the trauma. I was making myself sicker by reliving the trauma with each retelling. More importantly, for a long time, I began to see myself solely in terms of victimhood, and I started forming hard and fast judgments of not only my perpetrators, but anyone else who I suspected might be an abuser without actual proof. I generalized what had happened to me to all the men in my life and even my spouse at a time when I was reliving my trauma and my hypervigilance started distorting reality. We now know about neuroplasticity and the ability to form new neural networks through mind-body modalities in addition to the healing we receive through our relationship with God. As the term neuroplasticity indicates, our brains are not static. What we think and believe and how we behave as a result can change. And with it, the structures in the brain that hold those thoughts and memories can also change. We can change the circumstances, but we can change our thoughts and behavior about the circumstances to help us move through the pain to a healthier version of ourselves. And this is where I want to take the conversation to how I sinned in my unforgiveness. The retelling of my stories also strengthened my unforgiving heart. I felt justified in holding on to grudges. I lived in that place of victimhood for so long that it started to grow tiresome. By being so focused on what the offender did wrong, I was giving myself a pass. It took many, many years of zooming out from them and zooming into my own mind to realize that I was not healing because I was also sinning and not taking my sin to the sacrament of reconciliation. I want to make another distinction here. I'm not talking about bona fide residual trauma and its manifestation but consciously, emotionally regulated thoughts and behaviors that caused a rupture between me and God. In other words, sin. In my unforgiveness, I engaged in what 
the Catechism of the Catholic Church defines as offenses against the truth. Truth as in the person of Jesus Christ, who told us in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Paragraph 2475 states, Christ's disciples have, quote, put on a new man created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. By putting away falsehood, they are to put away all malice and all guile and insincerity and envy and all slander. Quoting from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. So how did I sin in the retelling of my story? First, I secretly enjoyed telling my story and seeing the shock on people's faces. It made me feel empowered and superior. I used a therapist encouragement as an excuse to gossip, emphasizing details that limited my perpetrators to the act they committed against me, failing to see their brokenness. I became less and less sympathetic and more prideful, and I even violated boundaries with myself and others in how I retold the story, understanding and knowing that they couldn't actually help me or help heal me in any way. I committed the sin of detraction. Detraction, according to the Catechism in paragraph number 2477, means disclosing another's faults and failings to persons who did not know him. I also committed calumny, giving total strangers the opportunity to judge my offenders without knowing them. These are both offenses against the virtues of justice and charity. Yep, I was not being very charitable. I committed the sin of usurpation, usurping the power of the only one who can judge justly, and that is Jesus Christ. If you are feeling massive resistance hearing these words right now, I understand. I didn't want to see this in myself either. It's painful to realize that even in our victimhood, we have the opportunity to seek and choose the good. It doesn't mean we give our offenders a pass. No, it does not mean that. It means we don't engage in spiritual and emotional self-harm by offending God in our thoughts and behavior. It's taking responsibility for ourselves and allowing God to shed into our lives the necessary grace to heal the trauma by the means available to us, including the sacraments, and all of the modalities that are available in the field of psychology. This is not about what happened to us, but how we respond to it. It's about making space in our hearts to receive the grace of healing after the trauma. You may not be here yet, and that's totally okay. You may never get here, and that is between you and God. If your pain story is fresh, and you're feeling unseen, unheard, and unloved, be judicious in who you share it with. Seek out professional mental health providers who are skilled in allowing you to be seen and heard and loved without re-traumatizing yourself and reliving the experience over and over again. Modalities like eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, or EMDR, or somatic 
modalities that don't involve detailed retelling of your story can be very, very helpful in the healing process. If my words about sinning in my unforgiveness make you want to never listen to this podcast again, I see you. I invite you to get curious. There may be something there that God wants to heal in you. I promise it will hurt. It will definitely hurt. But what I've learned in my own journey is that running away is just running in a circle. The pain will come back. The only way out is through. Friends, these are hard sayings, but I hope you can hear the love that God has for you in these words. Healing trauma is a journey into a strange land. And just like the Israelites in Deuteronomy 31 verse 6, God encourages you to be strong and courageous, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. And he promises that he will not leave you or forsake you. Forgiveness is nuanced. Every situation is different, and every person brings to the table his or her character, disposition, faith, or lack of faith. I'm sharing my story in the hopes that you can take from it what you need and help you move toward forgiveness and gain interior freedom. It's not, okay, I'm there, I can move on. It's ongoing. I am still working on this, folks. So give yourself some grace, and I'm sending you lots and lots of love and hugs. Until next time. Please be tender with yourself. Forgiveness is serious business. May the grace of the Lord be with you as you contemplate what you learned today. If this podcast is making a difference in your life, please hit subscribe below and consider writing a review. Share the link with a friend, take a screenshot and share on your social media. Connect with me as your forgiveness guide. I will hold space for you as you work through your pain and rewrite your story. Sign up for my 5 Days to Forgiveness self-guided mini audio retreat at www.drkaren.com. Check out my website for how you can bring me to your church or small faith sharing group. And remember friends, forgiveness is for you.